Hi, I'm Steve Kleinedler. And I'm Corey Stamper. And this is Fiat Lex. A podcast about dictionaries by people who write dictionaries. Yay. You know, I was about to say, after a dozen of these, we finally nailed the opening. <laughs> and then I screwed it up. <laughs> you g- gentle audience didn't hear our first take. <laughs> we make mistakes. That's and we edit we them. We We're t- editors. I know. Hey. So speaking of editing... Oh, editing. Yes. Um, So I'm going to make a brief plug. Uh, The 2018 copyright update of the American Heritage Dictionary is out October 16th. Uh, Yeah, it's got thousands of revisions uh, and uh, a bunch of new words and senses. uh, If you like the most up-to-date print version possible, there you go. We'll put a link in our mentions. And that Mm -hmm. brings us to a natural topic today. Uh, What is the difference between a new edition and a copyright update? This is something that we've discovered nobody knows, and frankly, even within publishing, sometimes people don't understand the difference. So we will start first by talking about what is a dictionary edition. A new edition is when you completely overhaul the content to the extent that when you create the pages for the new edition, you start from scratch. If it's you know electronic, you suck all the data out of the database and plop it down on the page and then start reviewing the page for page makeup. Yeah, so you it's an A to Z revision is what we tell people. Every entry between A and Z, and if you work at Merriam-Webster, also a to Z, biog, geog, and foreign words and phrases, all of those get looked at by at least one editor, usually a whole team of editors. Right. Uh, And so, for example, the fourth edition of the American Heritage Dictionary came out in 2000. The Mm -hmm. fifth edition came out in 2011. We began work in earnest uh, on the 2011 fifth edition uh, towards the end of 2005. Mm. Uh, And everyone on staff uh, dozens of consultants all you know, worked on their things and it got reviewed and it got completely redone. There were over 10,000 revisions, probably tens of thousands, um, you know, 5,000 new words and senses. Yeah. That book that came out in 2011 was a brand new edition. It was, you know, had a different art program, different color scheme. It was completely reviewed uh, over the fourth edition. Yeah. And the same for the Merriam-Webster Collegiate Dictionaries, the Collegiate 10th came out in 1993, which seems like a bajillion years ago now. And the 11th came out in 2003. And for that, there were um, over 10,000 new entries, I believe. But the bigger number was that we did um, 100,000 editorial revisions, which is not adding new stuff. It is changing the stuff that's in the dictionary as it is. We'll get to that in a moment, uh, the tedium of those revisions. You think, you know, <laughs> tens of thousands of revisions, 100,000 revisions. Wow, that's so much content. So much of it creeps under the radar. You'd never, you'd, you'd, you'd be stunned by the tedium with which that is. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> um, so a copyright update is uh, when, if you look at the copyright page of your dictionary, a brand new edition, again, for example, the AHD mm-hmm. fifth will say copyright. 2011. But periodically, uh, when new printings come out, if the new printing has enough new material in it, uh, it will get a new copyright update. So, for example, there was a copyright update in 2016. You look at the copyright page, it says 
2011. There's a new one coming out in 2018, uh, the, this one coming out in October. And not only is it a copyright update for this one, um, we're branding it as a 50th anniversary printing because oh. the first edition came out in 69 and we're entering our 50th year. Oh, yay. yay. Congratulations, American Heritage Dictionary. Well, thank you. Um, so is that the gold anniversary? What is that? 50, uh, Sapphire 60, Diamond, I believe. Diamond. Diamond is right. 50. I don't so, know. So shower Stephen diamonds, please. We added a sense to the word sapphire to account for the 60th anniversary because Queen Elizabeth had a sapphire. <gasps> oh, yes. that's very cool. That's why I know about sapphire. <laughs> uh, S-A-P-P-H-I-R-E, not S-A-F-I-R-E. Yeah. That would be a different. That'd type. be different. That would be different. All together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the types of things that go into a copyright update, uh, it's not as thorough a revision. What happens is when you decide to open up a page to make a correction, say someone died on that page. Well, they died. <laughs> they didn't die on that page. Someone who was entered on that page died. If they're on that page, they're, they're dead yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, you would go in and you would look at every entry that fell on that page, check it against the database, and any edit that has been made since the last uh, time that this page was opened, you would go ahead and make it and you'd cram it in. And later on in this podcast, we'll talk about ways of uh, cramming that in. Yeah. And sometimes for uh, copyright updates as well, if there's new vocabulary that needs to go in, you know, it's something that's really pressing, then you can also add new words. That is a different type of cramming. It is a like level 10 mage cram as opposed to just trying to cram in a, a new right. you know, sensor, a new... Because other thing needs to be cut. So, for example, for this mm -hmm. 2018 copyright update, uh, we wanted to put in print uh, the definition uh, of an entry for the word cryptocurrency. Oh, right. So we did that and we defined it and we had to, of course, edit how many ever lines it takes up on the page mm -hmm. um, off that page. Uh, another thing that we added was the suffix ista. And Easter. Oh, like fashionista. Exactly. Okay. It, it's a productive suffix. And now that it's, you know, there in print, you can add it to whatever word you want to, uh, you know, refer to someone who is partial to or knowledgeable about or associated with uh, that that object. Nerdy stuff. Nerdy stuff. <laughs> so, um, Corey, what are some ways that in print, uh, when we're doing a copyright update as opposed to a new edition, uh, what are some ways that we cram information onto the page? So it's not like when you were in high school and you just changed the type and the margins to make things fit. Usually, actually, you were changing the type and the margins to make things longer. This time, when you open up a physical page, you have to keep everything that is at the beginning of that page and at the end of that page exactly the same. Nothing can go over the page because if that happens, then you have to open up the page next to it. And if you're not careful, then you have to open up the whole folio and then you have to add another you know, 32 page folio to the back of the book. And now the book costs $25 more and no one will buy it and you will be out of a job. So when you open up a page, your job is to take whatever changes need to be made, whatever new entries need to go in and squeeze them in by cutting existing information. That can include uh, verbal illustrations. So example sentences might get cut or shortened. You might rework a long definition. Let's say you've got a really long definition and you look over it and you say, you know, these two subsenses are close enough. I'm going to just sort of smash them together into one subsense. If you have what's called a synonymous cross-reference, which is in most of the dictionaries, you'll have a definition 
that is, you know, sentence-like or definition-like that's called an analytical definition. And then you'll have an additional synonym, basically. And sometimes you'll cut those. Sometimes you'll cut actual illustrations. Sometimes you'll take illustrations out so you and that'll give you two or three extra lines. Uh, so there's other tricks too. Like for example, you could uh, delete the word who is or that is in a mm -hmm. you know a person who is designated becomes a person designated. Right. Uh, sometimes that will give you the line that you need. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're edit you're removing material and you need to add material onto that page, which is generally easier to do. Um, so th th there's little um, linguistic tricks that you can do to make stuff fit. Yeah, and if you really get, I mean, if you get really stuck, you can even do things like you can ask them to recompose the page and narrow infinitesimally the spaces, which might give you one line over the space of a whole dictionary page. Which you need. Yeah. Uh, and this is my favorite task in working on dictionaries. I love because it's one of the few I still do on paper. Mm -hmm. um, here's a fun anecdote. Oh. <laughs> so 10 or 12, 15 years ago, uh, I went to uh, a bar in Cambridge, Massachusetts, okay. Paradise. And it, uh, I had my leather jacket on, which I coat checked because mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was warm. Uh, I lost my coat check ticket. Oh, no. <laughs> And so towards the end of the night, I went to coat check and it's like, I, that's my leather jacket, but I, you know, I, I, I lost my, my ticket. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the coat check said, well, what might be in the pocket that you can tell me that would identify that it's yours? And I thought about, it, I said, there might be some red pencils. <laughs> and there were three, there were three red pencils in my leather jacket coat pocket, thereby proving that it was indeed mine. That's pretty good. We always know in my house which pile of work is mine and which pile is intrepid engineer Josh's based on is the scratch pad. Is it made up of old dictionary pages or is the scratch pad made up of old music composition pages? That's great. That's one great way of telling it. There's yeah. all these little <laughs> coded things. Oh, yeah. So when, for example, you add the noun sense of brick to refer to, you know, in so many words, a dead smartphone or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you look on that page and it's like, what can we take out? Because American Heritage doesn't put bibliography and geographical entries at the end um, mm. and they're interspersed A through Z, sometimes you can cut this suburb of a major city, where which is less important than other geographical entries mm -hmm. uh that's a uh, th th that's something we don't like to do but you can do if the word coming in is more important than say some random third level suburb right uh, and that and that and that third level suburb would still exist on the online version right. sorry oak cliff <laughs> where's that <laughs> what's that a suburb of isn't that a Chicago suburb? There's Oak Lawn. There's um, Oak Park, which is a major Chicago suburb. Right. I wouldn't cut that one. Um, and I'm sure there's other oaks. There's an Oakland here, isn't there? There o is. Oakland. Oakland. O-A-K-L-Y-N. It is um, probably a quarter mile behind you. Oh, 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 okay. Directly behind you. Excellent. Across <laughs> that, 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 that body of water, that yes, river thing? the river thing. It is a river. It's a lake-ish thing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't do geography terms, clearly. Or geology. Yeah. <laughs> so you might so you might cut um, entries, though it's hard to cut entries. I mean, because if you're going to remove an entry, you have to prove that it's worth removing. That right. means at Merriam-Webster, that used to mean that you did not cut a word unless it had not been in use for like 50 years. And 
nowadays you can find anything in print. Right. You know, people often ask what we cut, and it, the answer is so very little, and mm -hmm. it, it tends to be geographic stuff that's just not important. Um, you never know when you're going to need it, but you know, from from edition to edition, you find ways of squeezing more things in that's still aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. So, you know, a, a difference of one character per line over a 2,200-page book makes an immense amount of yeah. difference. You can also, I know at Merriam-Webster, there have been, if you look at the collegiate dictionaries and you go from like the sixth edition to the seventh, to the eighth, to the ninth, to the tenth, to the eleventh, you'll notice that the font changes. And part of why the font changes is because if you change the width of the font and how how wide your bold characters are and everything else, then you can actually save a significant amount significant. of space. Yeah. If you look at American Heritage Third versus Fourth, you'll see a big difference. And then yeah. also, we brought this up once before when uh, the American Heritage Dictionary went to the fourth edition and introduced color. Putting right. the headwords in color meant you didn't have to reverse indent the entries as right. much. Right, right. So you gained a bunch a of space with of that. Space. Oh, yeah. A ton of um, space. One thing we also did in at some edition, I think it was for the fifth, uh, we removed population figures for all of the geographical cities and countries oh, because they, they, they change. change. <laughs> That's something that you don't need a print book for anymore. Right. That saved a ton of space. Yeah. But we, you, earlier we promised you some anecdotage about uh, the, the anecdotage. Boar. That's real, isn't it? Sure. Why yeah. not? Uh, <laughs> it, it works on a lot of levels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, we talked about some of the boring things that happens in uh, new editions that you don't normally see. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's like, you know, when you, so for example, when uh, for this, we actually did this in a copyright update. It's typical of a thing that would go in a uh, edition, but like closing up cell phone instead of two words, making it one word. Right. That means also going and finding all the other interests of cell phone used in a definition and yes. closing them up there. So yeah. every edit, tends to have ramifications. Yeah, and you don't realize how broad those ramifications are until you have to be one of the people that chases down particularly stylistic changes. If you drop a hyphen and close up a word or if you add a hyphen. So at Merriam-Webster, um, eventually it, we were, you know, whatever, 20 years later than everyone else, but we eventually closed up the word goodbye. It was no longer hyphenated. It was a closed noun, thank God. But that meant we had to go through and not only find every instance of goodbye in definitions, but we had to find every instance of goodbye in the verbal illustrations because you can't enter an example sentence that uses a word that's not entered into the dictionary. And if people find different stylistic issues, then they write you and it makes life very, very difficult. Did you keep the hyphenated version as a variant? I don't believe we did. Ah, but if you had, if we then had that those quotations would have stayed. Yeah, yeah, that would have covered it. Um, I'm not going to look up <laughs> at the yeah, moment. I'm not going to look it up either. For but... the sake of argument, it's a right. really good argument. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and you have to check etymologies. Those are huge. You, oh, you never yeah. know where things are going to pop up. I mean, you yeah. basically have to grep your database. Mm -hmm. uh, in the old days, it would involve. It would involve a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, that's why change was slower back in, you know. The, in the dead tree era. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can uh, grep a database to find any string, and mm -hmm. uh, that proves to be very fruitful. Yeah. Though it, there's still a lot of handwork that goes into oh, this. I mean, so one of the things that I did uh, sometime in the last year at Merriam-Webster was I uh, asked to undertake the husband-wife revision. By which I don't mean I revised husband and wife, but I looked at every instance of every definition that used husband or wife to make sure 
that it was actually appropriate. And most of those ended up being changed to spouse, but not all of them could be changed to spouse. Some of them had to, I had to do weird research on like 17th century English case law to discuss, to figure out like, okay, is this weird esoteric term that only gets used in, you know, trollop novels about property law does this actually refer to a wife ceding her property to a husband or is it is it the inferior or poorer spouse ceding their property to the richer or more aristocratically inclined spouse it was really it was ridiculous and even things that you think would be easy like let's say that we're going to change the definition of um in-law to be you know an in-law is a relative of your husband or wife, a relative of a husband or wife. You can say, well, that's easy, a relative of a spouse. But you have to verify that it's actually the spouse that is not the speaker, the user of in-law, not everyone's, you know, my mother is not my in-law, which sounds like a weird GRE logic question. But, you know, so so things that you think would just be easy, you could do programmatic, you know, search and replace. There's nothing programmatic about any of this. Two points. One, <laughs> I misparsed in my head trollop novel. <laughs> I get where you're going with that. T R O L L O P E, as in Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, second, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the bottom line is none of this is uh, paradigmatic or programmatic. You have to look at a human being, has to look at each and every instance to make yeah. sure that that is what needs to be done. Yeah. Um, so it, it. Yeah, there was an instance for, I think it was an online update to the Merriam-Webster uh, Dictionary Online where, and here, gentle listener, is future Corey, cutting in to let you know that past Corey absolutely murdered the name of the entry that you are about to hear. So when you hear aqua, think arbor. Anywho, where the taxonomy of of plant, the aqua vitae plant or the aqua vitae tree, the taxonomy changed. And so the, it changed genus, which meant that our poor life science editor had to go through and make sure that, A, at every instance of aqua vitae, the, the genus and species were correct and they weren't. And then she had to go through and go, OK, well, it's in a new genus so anywhere where this genus appears, I have to make sure that I've got the right, you know, species identification in there. And it ended up being one change to one entry. She had to chase down 82 different entries yep. and change 82 different entries for one thing. Zoological and botanical uh, genus changes, which have been happening more in, mm -hmm. in, in, in recent years. Uh, the life science editor had alerted me to a bunch and just working through those, it, you know, it and, and it affects etymologies more than you think. Yeah. You really get bounced around quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so there's, uh, as we mentioned, there's, uh, there's, uh, new editions, there's copyright updates, and then there's just regular printings, uh, right. depending on the type of, uh, for, you know, for the big 2100 page book anytime we do a new printing we try to cram in as much material as possible for some of the smaller paperbacks or mm -hmm. some of the other other things 
we will save copyright updates for a, you know a big important reason and then in between there'll be printings in which case there might be a handful of changes that are made uh, but not enough to warrant a new copyright year being added right and that is why if you were doing like legal review or some mm-hmm. such thing uh, the printing number which you can find either on the copyright page or in the old days it would be in the gutter along like you kind of had to pull the the segment out really to, yeah on, on the crease it would be listed you know really? what the printing number was sometimes oh man uh because in this one copyright update that comes out in a year mm-hmm. there that might get four or five printings before there's another copyright update there will be slight subtle changes mm-hmm. from um printing to printing yeah and um so that's why citing dictionaries is a mess <laughs> You have to state what edition, you have to state the copyright, and then you should state what printing, because they do change slightly. They do. Um, there, there, there's, there's, it, there's very little that's static. Yeah. So. So. Um, what other um, interesting tidbits do you have about either cramming in information or changes in editions, copyrights, updates? I mean, one of the things that we have always had to do is to go through, we've done a number of... Um, what we call offensive passes where, and I don't mean offensive like take all of the offensive words out. I mean things like you should go through and check any, uh, let's say any constructed example sentence or any example sentence that uses the word woman just to see what you've got in there. And so there's one, I think it is finally out of the dictionary, but in the, in uh, Webster's Third New International, there is an example sentence that is sort of used as like it is the example that you get during style and defining classes as to how editorial bias creeps in and, and particularly how the culture of your present time should be accounted for when you are taking when you're writing example sentences. The example sentence is she was fat and over 40, but still kittenish. Wow. All right. So the one from the American Heritage Dictionary in a in a synonym paragraph in the third edition, uh-huh. this would have been written sometime in the late 80s, uh, in a synonym paragraph that had, I think it was at Koi, it involved Koi, but the constructed example for the word demure was... Oh, was um, the, the constructed example was, but I don't know how to write a check. She said with a demure sidelong glance. Oh my god! <laughs> so when we did a, you know, we do the same review at every edition. Right. Uh, that popped up when we were reviewing for the fourth edition in the late nineties. That was like oh, edited yeah. really quickly. Oh yeah, that's the end of that. Yeah, and things like you, I mean, you just don't. You would think because we assume that dictionaries are eternal and that dictionaries have are not a product of their age. You don't think about the fact that you do have to go through. I mean, we did we did a man woman pass, which was only looking at compounds like, for instance, when you're looking at the entry for chair, the old definition would just redirect to chairman. And it, you know, we at one point we thought, oh, crap, we got to fix that. So someone shoehorned in chairwoman, which, okay, but why not make it chairperson? And then you're also saving, you know, six characters. But that sort of stuff, we did this whole uh, review where we were looking at, okay, what kind of of words are used in definitions that are gendered that no longer need to be gendered? Firemen or policemen, 
Like, those get changed to firefighter and police officer. And that shows up in definitions way more than you would think. Yeah, and a, a lot of clothing terms are needlessly gendered. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, in, since the fifth edition came out, and it's been added into uh, copyright updates when we open those pages and also online, uh, the removing needless needless gendering of uh, clothing, you know, a purse is a purse regardless of who carries it. Right. So you you not only have all of these changes that are sort of these hidden changes to bring language up to date, but you also have changes that need to happen to make sure that um, everything is as systematic as possible. And that's a huge issue in dictionary writing. Like a lot of times when you're doing revisions, especially these copyright editions or even just different printings, you will sometimes make an, you know, I'm just going to kind of fudge this one definition apart from our defining style so that it works. And if you do that enough, then you no longer have an identifiable defining style, which means that when you go through and do the addition, you've got some poor slob behind you cleaning up all of these, you know, MacGyvers that you've thrown in. Lexicographical MacGyvers. <laughs> I like that. What can I abbreviate in this etymology that we don't normally abbreviate yes. <laughs> in order to make it fit. If Can we drop this medieval Latin stage and just go to, you know, right, right. Greek, is that okay? Right. The answer is usually no. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's never okay. It's yeah. never ever okay. Oh yeah. If we take from and drop the period from FR period can, what would we do there? How about just F period? How about the the, the, the greater than or the, the less than sign? Whatever symbol indicates from, that's what we do in print. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. But then there are some times where you want the word from to read out the word from. So that becomes an exercise <laughs> for the conversion and not an easy one. No, yeah. never. So, um, so to wrap up today's episode, uh, I implore you as, uh, you know, as representatives of dictionary companies, there's a lot of people out there listening to this podcast who love dictionaries, want them to stay around. The easiest way you can do that is to buy dictionaries <laughs> in print from a bookstore. Uh, yes. There's this brand new 50th uh, anniversary edition of the American Heritage Dictionary with a copyright 2018. Is it going to get a fancy cover? It's going to get a cover with a fancy sticker. Ooh. Yes. Um, so if, if if this is not your dictionary of choice, no worries. There are plenty of other competitors out there who are also worthy of your dollars. So Absolutely. And the, the next time you feel like spending some money, buy a print dictionary. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Please. I mean, if nothing else, you can prop your monitor up on it. That's what we Corey. do. <laughs> That's because we have extras. <laughs> Doorstop. Corey, <laughs> didn't who, who was it? Was it was it Colleen Berry? Who was it that used a bunch of heavy dictionaries to flatten a rug that had curled up on the edges? Oh, I don't know, but that is a really brilliant idea, by the way. If you have a rug that keeps curling, stick a like a big yeah, spray heavy. it yeah, spray it down, put down a plastic bag, and put heavy dictionaries on it. Dictionaries useful for more than just words. Yes, and on that note, <laughs> we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.